Game Changers Magazine, Game Changers Media Network, Voices of the Village Podcast with the Honorable Mustafa Nazir <laughs> Udin. What's up, good brother? Hey, man. Salam alaikum. <laughs> let, me, let me let me help my brother law out. Talk to me. Talk Mustafa Nasruddin. Okay. Yeah, what's good, homie? Man, I can't complain, man. I can't complain. It's been a long time coming. Um, everybody's been anticipating the interview. Everybody wants to know, you know, you now you Mustafa, Mustafa. No doubt. But everybody, Wayne County's finest know you as Master T. Hey man, so, something I can't get around. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't get around. There's no getting around it. There's no getting around, no getting around man. Around. Now you had an opportunity of growing up in in New York, no doubt, and Justin. Right. Where did it start out for Master T? Where did it start out for government? Richard T. Harris. T was for Tyler, <laughs> and it's funny because. I grew up in Brooklyn, Bedford-Stuyvesant, born in Harlem. Okay. And uh, mom used to bring me down south every summer. And when people would ask me my name, um, I didn't care for Richard, so I opted to use Tyler. But when I got to the south, the people in the south couldn't say Tyler. They said everything but Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler. You know what I mean? So I was like, listen, man, since y'all struggle with saying my name as it's supposed to be pronounced, just call me T. Okay. So that's how the T came about. That's how the T came about. Yeah, I mean, so uh, so you was Tyler coming down all the way to the south, right. keep, it, keep it real G government. Right. That's how the T came about. That's how the T came about. Master T. Well, the Master T came about, um, to the best of my, my, my memory, man, um, the first time I really came to Jessup or to Georgia, mm -hmm. 69, 10 years old, and... Um, the South was like a uh, a culture shock for me, you know, coming from the asphalt jungle, right, right, you know, to to, to grass roots and snakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, so it was a cultural shock for me, man. So, um, but the thing was, you know, coming from New York, my mother always dressed me very well, right, right, right. And young girls, you know, they was attracted to the accent, they was attracted <laughs> to the clothes, yeah, the so, swag. So that's where the attention came in at. So okay. now I'm like, okay, I got the attention. And um, so every, from that point on, every summer is where I, sp I, spent, I spent my summers in Jessup. Okay. Every summer. Okay. Jessup, Georgia. Population. What's the population in Jessup? Man, <laughs> at the time, at the time yeah, when really. you came, probably I would say 10,000. 10,000. If that. And so this was, every summer, this is where I was. Okay. Um, Maybe skip the summer here or there. Maybe one summer going to VA. One summer I spent in Michigan with my older brother, but just was usually the go-to place. Yeah, okay. When I became a teenager, okay, um, the hip-hop era had really just started in New York. Mm. And um, I never forget, man, everybody on, on our block, man, either we was beating on somebody's cars, rapping or whatever. Okay. Or somebody's older brother or whatever. Uh, had a set of turntables, a microphone, and everybody wanted to be an MC. Right, right, and right. And so, of course, you know, um, I started doing a little rapping or whatever. And my best friend, he had a brother called himself Rough Rob. 
uh, may may he may he rest in peace, man. Right. He had a he had a he had a uh, he had a nice set of technique turntables, Newmark mixer, the whole setup, and he called himself Rough Rob Entertainment. Mm. He turned me on to uh, to scratching and cutting, so I started DJing, and so when I came to Jessup, I took on the name Master T, and uh, so that's where the name Master T came from. Um, the hip hop era, man, really was one of the greater impacts in, the, you know, in New York, man. And, and I brought that from from New York all the way to Jessup. It's kind of funny, man, because I never forget. Before I even brought my equipment to Jessup, man, I was home for Christmas one year. Went to Hall Richardson, which was called the Rec Center, and. Uh, had a guy named D.D. Turner, man. He was supposed to be the DJ, Dr. Feelgood, they called him. <laughs> and um, I noticed, man, he had a setup of house equipment. Right. No mixers, no imp, no, 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 no microphone, no EQ, no nothing. I'm like, yo, what is this? He would play one record and he'd stop one record and play another one. I'm like, yo, what is this? I said, you know what, when I come down to summer, I'm going to bring my equipment. I'm going to show these kids how this thing is really done. You heard me? Right, right. So when I got to Wayne County, man, that year, me and my cousin, uh, I got a cousin, man. Uh, his name was Jesus. He called himself Lord Ifa the Messiah. And, bro, we came to Justin, man, and we set our equipment out at Hall Richardson that summer. Okay. And our speakers and our equipment were so loud, you could hear it from for eight to ten blocks. And when I tell you, man, we put on a first show of hip-hop in Wayne County. Right, right. And that's how the name Master T came about, man. That's that's kind of in a nutshell. So Master T came out from the hip-hop stage of how you guys were breaking. From, from DJing. Dynamic, from yeah. DJing. Exactly. Man, I ain't even know that. You didn't know that? I ain't even know that. Yeah, man, I was... <laughs> and, all, you know, I'm not going to take all the credit because uh, the, the boy uh, Didi, okay. Dr. Feelgood, okay. he was doing his thing at the radio station, but it was basic, you know what I mean? It was an urban... It wasn't hip hop, right, right, bro. We had a, we had a, we had a. Uh, there was a song called "Love Is the Message" that had a real long breakdown in it. Okay. And I would remix this one record, man, for like twelve to fourteen minutes. Wow. And my cousin Jesus, known as Infinite the Messiah, he was all over the rec center field, bro, with the microphone, and people was amazed and awed at it. Wow. And so from there, from the Jack of Diamond to the Hot Spot to, to uh. The Ponderosa and Baxley, all the surrounding counties, I was there. Okay. You know, and that was my first hustle. Okay. That was my first hustle, DJing. Wow. Yeah, so that's where the name Master T came from. Master T, Master yeah. T. Man, it, it, you know, growing up in Jessel, you know, I did not know that the name Master T came from that dynamic. You know, because, I, I, I mean, when you hear, you hear, you know, Jack Land Posse, you know, you hear the all you know at Jessup is good boy, bad boy. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, Street right, boy. Right, like you did, Jessup really didn't have it, it. Didn't have a noticeable hip hop scene. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. But we knew how to party. Right. We knew how to party. Let me correct you something, Dre. Talk to me. <laughs> it had a little hip hop scene. You know, it was because when I was DJing, right, right, you had this young boy Bubba Flowers who was known as a uh, vicious young. I remember Bubba Flowers. Um, you had, um, it was a couple of little kids, man, they pop lock, you know, the whole dance scene or whatever. <laughs> and 
Man, Bubba was Bubba was a lyricist. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, v, he called himself V.Y., Vicious Young. Okay. You know, he was a lyricist. Okay. The little boy Carlos Mackey, uh, Brother Love. I remember Carlos. You know, yeah, Mackie. Carlos, you know, Carlos, you know, he'll MC a little bit and could right. dance a little bit. So right. it was far few and in between, but it, it, it had its era. Okay. It, it had its era. Man, now, when it came down to, like, you know, growing up, I mean, did... did you know, was y'all looking to be like stars, go to the next level, you know, trying to be, like, who did y'all idolize as far as, like, you know, hey, man, I'm DJing, I'm putting it down. Because, I mean, you had them guard out boys that was putting it down. You had the boys on the hill putting it down. You know, it, I mean, it's some talented, it's some talented guys come out of Joseph Jordan. Idolize? Okay. Being from Brooklyn. Right. Um, You know, we looked at guys like, we had... I came, I came up the era where Flash, Cut Creator, okay. um, <laughs> Cowboy, and these people that these young boys probably never heard of. Right, right. Um, cool DJ Hurt, one of the first people to put it on wax. Okay, okay. This is my era. Right, right, right. Let's go to right now for a second. Okay. Right now, I'm Muslim, don't really listen to a whole lot of music. Right. But I'm familiar with the Meek Mills... Um, of course, I, I prefer brothers like Jada Kiss, all of the East Coast, the right. East Coast hip hop. Right. And so people look at me like, "Yo, you sixty something years old. How is it that you still like rap music?" Oh wow. And this is the question I posed to them. I said, "How old is your mother?" Got myself. She's fifty. Okay. What does she listen to? She listened to Smokey Robinson. She listened to OJ. She listened to the Stylistics. Right. Right. This is what she was listening to as a youth coming up. Right. Right. As a youth coming up. Okay. Flash. Um, Houdini, um, uh, Cool DJ Hurt, okay. LL, DMC. So hip hop is embedded in me. This is part of our culture. Right, right. So this is why if I had to listen to music, this is what I, I you know, of course I like my R&B. I like my OJs, stylistics, okay. whatever, however, but if I wanted to bob my head or something, that's what, would it, that's what it would be. Now, when you was coming up, um, Master T, hip hop was fun. It was a culture. It was a way of life. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun. You know, we know, and, and when we started out with this thing, money wasn't money wasn't even. Hey man, we had to say, man, it's just the place to be. Right, right. This was the place to be. Okay. Mentally, this was the place to be. Right, right. Freedom of expression. Okay. Public Enemy, they did it best. Right. Chuck D, uh, Africa Man Bottles, the Zulu Nation. You know, <laughs> so you would really have to really go go into some archives and do some research to know who I'm talking about. But right, right. This rap thing, bro, that's where it started. Exactly. Now it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother, you know. A whole nother element. It's a whole nother element. Whole there are no mistakes or regrets in this life. Only the opportunity to learn and evolve. Leave your imprint on this earth. In that process, it's a responsibility and calling to aid others where possible. When you've been blessed, you should look to be a blessing. That can take the form of your time and resources. You only have one life to make a difference in others, so why not show up and be great? But not for the sake of yourself, but for a generation of onlookers who are looking to see what's possible. Being a State Farm good neighbor in the community is a privilege that I don't take for granted. My name is Sherry DeVos-Denard, and my office is located in the industrial side of McDonough, Georgia. We service all of Georgia and neighboring states Alabama and South Carolina. You can reach us today for all of your auto, home, life, and small business needs at 
1-800-227-3005 or online at sddinsurance.com and on all social media platforms. We look forward to earning your business. The Youth Life Center of the Arts is a trailblazing organization dedicated to adolescent care, specifically tailored for youth who are too advanced for daycare but not ready to be left home alone during out-of-school times. We provide performing arts-based programs, innovative learning, and life skills development to help prepare adolescents for the real world. With over 10 years of experience, owner and founder Ms. Clarissa Winston and her team creates a safe environment that empowers youth to find their voice and discover their gifts. Get your child involved today. Follow us on social media at the Youth Life Center to stay connected and get up-to-date info on resources we provide. Call us today at 770-272-5086 or email us at info at the youthlifecenter.org to get your child registered for our after-school program. For more information, visit youthlifecenter.org. And how do you think like music has changed from since you was growing up how has music evolved? Well, how has it evolved? Yeah. What From, bro, this was, this was 72. Okay. To 2024. The hip hop, that's the hip era, 72. Bro. But fun. Crack. Here, here was the thing. Okay. In New York, when, 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 when the DJ and thing and, 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 and the MC and thing came out, within every four to six blocks, Right. You had a you had a you had a neighborhood DJ. Okay. Five or six MCs. Okay. On a on a Saturday or a Sunday, the local parks, guys would put their equipment on shopping carts. Right. Somebody's pops might have had a van, taking all the equipment. You stack one crew on one side, one crew on another side. Okay. Everybody blasting their music at the same time. <laughs> you got crews from each era. We're gonna right. have battle offs. We're gonna have. MCs battling against each other. We're going to see who could cut the fastest, the quickest, right. the smoothest, who can make transition from one record to another without you being able to detect it. Okay. This was hip-hop. Wow. <clears throat> you see? Um, you know, I'm really fond of Public Enemy. Okay. Because, you know, I grew up in the era, bro, and don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not a racist by far. Right. Okay. But I'm conscious. Very so funny. when when uh, poor righteous teachers, they was called PRT, poor righteous teachers, um, Chuck D, Flav, Africa Bambados, these dudes, they was talking about uh, the oppression in our community. Okay. So this was our voice. This was a cry out, and right. this was an elevation of the mind. You feel me? Oh well. Um, <laughs> you had a thing back there called you had a crew. You had a little thing that came through New York. Um, it was called the Five Percent Nation. Okay. Five Percent was the Nation okay. of Gods and Earths. Right. And they had what you call um, student enrollment. Right. Right. This right. was a book of lessons. Okay. That stemmed from questions and answers from one to ten. It was ten questions. Right. One right. to ten. Right. To all the way up to three hundred and sixty degrees. Complete circle, <laughs> which was a cipher. Right, 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 right. And the word cipher, it was actually an acronym, right? C-I power her. Okay. Right? Who was her? Her was supposed to have been the woman, the wisdom. Okay. Right? That's physical. Right. But the her, uh, the woman, and let me back up, let me slow down a minute. Go ahead. Her was the earth, the woman. Okay. Where the seed is planted. Right. But the same her was also referred to as 
the mind where the seed was planted. <laughs> where the seed so when planted. a person have a cipher, you are seeing your power into your mind. See, I power her. So I power the mind. Wow. So anyway, so this is what hip hop was. You, you man. teach it. You teach it. You <laughs> Bro, teach this is, it. And I'm just telling, I'm really just going across the surface, really, and I'm shooting from the hip. But this okay. is where, this is where the hip hop era. This, this is what hip hop was. Right, right, right. It was our voice, man. Okay. It was our voice. And brothers, was, we would go in the park and we could, we would compete. Brothers be face to face with the mic. Right. We damn just spitting on each other because we, you know, we bringing it. <laughs> but there was no ill feelings. There was no. There was no. How did there was no smoke as right, they say now? Right, right. Bro, there was no smoke. The smoke was the microphone. Man, man, but how do you, how do you think now? Now the cipher is now a little bit different. I mean, these boys, you say something about somebody, mama, you. <sighs> They going to they going to the cars. They getting guns. Okay. I mean, you know, and there's some some is safe. If we go if we if we gonna briefly travel through how how hip hop evolved. Okay. Right. Because that's where you know I came from. Right. First, you had the conscious the conscious rap. You right. had conscious rap, and you had party rap. Okay. You know. Perfect example. You had Chuck D. And you had LL Cool J. <laughs> you know what I mean. You had poor righteous teachers. You had Run DMC. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? right. You had um, cowboy. Uh, 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 you had um, man. We had a crew on my block. Uh, 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 what people do for money. Um, so, you, <laughs> what, in other words, bro, you had conscious hip hop and you had party rap. Okay. And so, as time evolved, right. And I guess brothers went to see that. Okay. Now that we got the ears of the people, let's take this thing to another level. Okay. So now, when your dress code started to be a part of the hip hop culture, okay. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. Um. Uh, the polka dot shirts. Right. Right. Uh. Uh. The acid wash jeans. Okay. All of this stuff was part of hip hop. Right. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. Uh. High right, low left haircuts. You know, the box haircuts. Right. Um, and we know that from Kid and Play. <laughs> Come on. Hey, yeah. No, no, no. It's go, before then. Okay. You got to uh, give it to Big Daddy Kane. I forgot about you Big know, Daddy you, Kane. Kane. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and when you asked me a little while ago who, you know, who did, I, who did we idolize when we were young. Okay. And I probably was like, this probably was like 78, 79, I guess. Right. Um, this was after the Jerry Curl era. I'm not even born yet. Matter of fact, I want to believe. I want to say it was Dougie Fresh and them that did. They had the little curl and they faded the side and it was swooshed to one side. You okay, know what I mean? Okay. But then after that, you know, everybody got rid of the curls and everybody went with the boxes: high left, high right, high right, gumbies, okay. however you wanted to rock it. And man, this dude Kane came out with this box, man, with the fat gold chain. And bro, listen, <laughs> I got a picture on my driving license, man. And, 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 and boy, listen, I might have rocked that haircut, bro, from the set from seventy from seventy five okay. to probably eighty two. Wow. Yeah. Wow. If now, you had, when people when people speak about Master T from back in the days, right. the first thing they tell you is a box haircut of the Cadillac. Wow. I ain't even think about it like that, man. And and I would least expect you to come. Least expect when I asked you who is Master T, I never would have thought hip hop or music had anything to do with it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now, so from from seventy five to eighty two, you got the Cadillac, you Master T, right? The musician Master T, right? The 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 DJ Master T, the 
The the one who actually the whole title was Grand Mix Master T. Wow. I was vicious with the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could t I could take a, a twelve inch a twelve okay. a twelve inch twelve inch wax okay an album okay and spin it back was transformed. You know, New York. That's what we were known for. That's what I was I mean? known for in New York. And um, scratching, cutting, scratch with the elbows. You know okay. what I mean? The whole nine. You know, we we did that. You know what I mean? So man, that's what's up. Um, so when I when I graduated out of high school, uh -huh. when I graduated out of high school, every summer I would bring my equipment. Bro, I wanted so bad one year, right, to to get down here because it was a hustle. Okay, bro, I made, I made so much money down here in the summers. Uh, uh, a DJ, and then I could go back home and buy my school clothes. No. Yeah, no doubt. And buy my school clothes. DJing in the South. DJing in the South. We, okay, we, we ain't talking about. We Bro, we talking, talking about, about in the streets. Doing we talking that. about. We talking about Hall Richardson, Rex Center, <laughs> right? Right. We talking about the hot spot. Okay. Willie Carter's hot spot. Okay. They had a place called the Cool Spot in Jessup. Okay. Um, Ponderosa in Baxley, um, Sugar Hill in 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 Walthyville. Wow. All those places. Oh, man. You know, not the two, bro, listen. I was known throughout all the counties just for DJing. I didn't have a bad boy rep. Okay. At that time. At that time. At that time. At that time. So everything about Master T was hip hop. It was hip hop. Grand Master T. You know, I was a fashion icon. You know, okay. I love clothes. I, I always loved clothes. Right, right. Me and a couple of guys on my block, bro, we was the only kids who. And by the grace of God, man, by the grace of Allah, man, we was blessed to have good parents who worked hard. Okay. And they made us work summer jobs. Right, right. We actually would go to a tailor shop and get pants made. Wow. Go on Delancey Street and buy the shirts to match. Now, you know, like, people in the South are familiar with, with uh, like, like, like British Knights or... Okay. Or uh, what's the suede joints? Um, um, Bally's. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But back in the days, we wore a shoe called Playboys. Okay. They were suede, had a bubblegum sole. If you had a pair of Playboys, a pair of tailor-made pants, and a and a knit shirt, right, bro, you was that guy. You was that guy. I might have had four of these. <laughs> I might have four of these outfits. Okay. And I would only wear one of these outfits once a month. How how much was the DJ making back then, though? You know what I'm saying? Because I know like now nah, DJ is like five hundred, six hundred thousand nah. dollars. If we got a hundred dollars for a night, we did good. Okay. Okay. But imagine if I did that on Friday and Saturday. All summer long, come on. I go home. I got. I buy my whole. I buy my whole wardrobe for school. Wow, Whew. man, something you didn't know, <laughs> man. Man, you got. You guys, stay tuned, man. We just getting started. Game Changers Media Network, Game Changers Magazine, Voices of the Village Podcast with Grand Master T. And we want to give big shouts out to my boy Duck. Okay. At his barbershop spot, man, Duck cuts him. He's a ten-year veteran from the system. Okay. And um, him and his wife, Ivy League. So that's where we are, man. We we hanging out at Duck Spot, man. Man, big shout out to Duck, man. Thank you for letting us use the studio today, man, to drop this exclusive. You guys stay in. We're going to go to a commercial break. Are you tired of using over-the-counter products that contain chemicals and byproducts? It's time to make a positive decision that'll change your life. It's time to start saying no to those products and make your skin pop. Now introducing Oh My Shea Body Butter that will magically melt into your skin on contact and will leave you feeling renewed and in balance. Changes in the seasonal weather and life stressors will bring about dryness and chafing in the skin, feet, hands, and hair especially. Oh My Shea Products 
products will moisturize, condition, hydrate, and invoke calm energies within to help combat each daily mission you face. Oh My Shea contains organic ingredients such as raw shea butter, coconut oil, mustard seed oil, castor oil, cocoa butter, jojoba, and vitamin E oils to thoroughly hydrate and nourish your skin. Log on to ownmyshea.com to find out more. Start looking good and feeling great with Own My Shea. Water is one of the most essential needs required every day to live a healthy life. Not only do third world countries suffer, water is now a global matter happening right here in America. Although the earth is made up of 71% water with limited access and distribution, only 1% of it is available to consumers for daily use. This is why Life Beyond Water Global Outreach has set its efforts to provide aid and relief to communities suffering from water crisis, and we can't do it without your help. Our efforts in urban areas such as Jacksonville, Mississippi and Flint, Michigan created resources to those who suffer poor water infrastructure challenges to accommodate simple needs like bathing, flushing the toilet, and access to tap. Visit us at lifebeyondwater.org or follow us online at Life Beyond Water for more information. Can you imagine life without water? We can't. Hashtag go beyond. Voices of the Village podcast, Game Changers Media Network, Game Changers Magazine, um, back with Grandmaster T. Um, I, I really don't think, you know, a lot of the young brothers knew that you was a DJ, you was Grandmaster. Your name came from being a pioneer of hip-hop. And right. hip-hop in a, in, in a positive, cultural right. way, right. Right. conscious way, where we're talking about uh, 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 the Ron DMC, the, uh, like you say, Houdini, um, right. the, the, that type of era, public enemy, right. where the messages were positive, right. and it was just about having a good time, who can break dance in the middle of the floor, who can who has on the flies clothes, right. who 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 has the, the illest mouthpiece, who can say something, you know what I mean, that was empowering the people. Right. Nobody, I, I, I kid you not, bro, I did not expect you to drop that bullshit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, man, I'm just giving it to you, you know, from the, from the, from the, <laughs> From the hill, you heard me? From the hill, from the hill. Now let's let's go on because you know, I, seventy-five to eighty. I think you said seventy-seven to eighty-two, right? Or 70, 75 to eighty-two. Well, actually, uh, nah. We'll say, like I said, the first time I came to Georgia was sixty-nine. Okay. Came back like in the seventy-two. So anywhere from seventy-two to seventy-five, right before I'm getting out of high school. Okay. So now when I get out of high school, okay, that's when things kind of like. Take a detour. Take a detour. Take a detour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, what 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 inspired what inspired the detour? Because a lot of young men go through that detour. I mean, were you raised in like a single parent home? Or no, 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 no. What would that have no, that no. have any effect? No. On it? Okay. What, talk to here, me. Here, here's how the transition came into effect. Okay. First of all, <clears throat> and I'm we're not we're not even trying to get intellectual, but right. here's the thing. Okay. Bro. I consider myself a product of my environment. Wow. All right? Yeah. Born in Harlem, raised in Brooklyn. Okay. Every two weeks, I would go to Harlem to spend time with my dad. Right, right. My dad had a barbershop on 123rd and Adam Clayton Power in Harlem. Okay. And I'm going to cut straight to the chase and make it real short. Right, right. When I say I'm a product of my, of my environment, when you grow up in an environment, there's things that you see. I came from... I had a mother, right, a stepfather, and a father. I tell people I had the most of both worlds. Okay, and I became so crafty. My father and my stepfather used to compete, buying me clothes and things of this nature. Okay, and when I realized it, I used to play it against them. 
You know what I mean? So, but it, but anyway, so I had I had the best of both worlds, bro. And okay. um, but I always tell people that this is one of the things that influenced me. One day I was in Harlem in my father's barbershop. Okay. And um, I grew up in the era where blacks exploitation was at its at its peak. Right. Right. And in the seventies, bro. I even hate to say this, but in the 70s, this is realistic. Right. In the 70s, heroin, boosting. Okay. Which is stealing. Okay. Boosting, uh, cocaine, and pipping was real major. Real major. In New York. Okay. And I used to see a lot of pimps, right? Right. And I told you I was always a fashion. I, I always like clothes from a right. little boy. Right. So I'm in my father's barbershop one day, right? And I see this dude come in. I don't remember exactly what he had on, but he was clean. Right. I do remember he had a mink coat. Mm. Diamonds on his finger. Mm. And he was he was being followed by two females. Nice looking females. Yeah. Scantly dressed females. Okay. Exp foot, you know, almost, you know, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Right, right. When he came in, they followed him in. He sat down. He took his coat off his, you know, off his shoulder. Yeah. He sat there. And he put his hands on the chair rail. They went to doing his nails, and I'm sitting there. And I'm, I'm a young boy. I'm amazed. Right, right. My father saw my amazement in my eyes. He was like, "Hey, yeah, you like what you see going on?" Uh huh. Me, you know, me not knowing no better, I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Really?" So he told his dude. He said, "Man, tell my son what you do." So when he told me what he did. My father thought that was going to deter my thoughts. Right. It intrigued me even more. Mm. Long story made short, man. I left that environment that day. Okay. I'm going to be up here. Mindset. And you, most black men think that way. If you see, when you see, when you, I mean. Money, jewelry, women. Automatically. That's what I wanted. Wow. Wow. So, so before you actually saw this, you going down a great path of of just for whatever I don't you know, just being I, a normal. Of guy. course, I always I always had a love for women, but okay, that capacity of work or or, or whatever I I seen it in movies and things of that nature. Because back then you had Sound, right. Shaft, or all these you know all these black exploitation movies. Okay, and we seen it was amazing, but to actually see it in real life, yeah. Hey, see man. the money, see the women. Boy, this ain't just the in the cars, movies. Boy, the this ain't real. Boy, yeah, I, this thing. I, you yeah. know, I want that. Woo. But anyway, so um, after after coming down here from you know a couple of years, okay, getting money, hustling, or uh, you know, mixing and you know DJing or whatever. Okay. Um, my grandfather, he was a poker player, <laughs> and um. I used to hang out at a place called The Quarters. Right, right, in right. In Jessup, on the hill. Okay. Right? And um, there were some people on the hill. At this time, now, I'm 16, 17 years old. <clears throat> 17 years old. Right. I'm drinking a little alcohol, smoking a little weed. Yeah. So, I see that they're bootlegging alcohol on Sundays. Mmm. Liquor store was open on, 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 on Sundays. On Sundays. So, they would buy alcohol on Saturdays or okay. Fridays and then sell it. For twice the amount okay. on Sundays. Okay. So I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm. But these people keep, you know, every Sunday they running out. They don't have enough to supply. Right, right, right. Hmm, okay. So I took my money from DJing on Friday night and Saturday night. Okay. Went and bought a surplus of alcohol and beer 
And sold it on Sundays. And sold it on Sundays. So that was your first hustle. That's where the hustle started. <laughs> DJing and bootlegging. DJing and bootlegging. I mean, it go hand in hand. DJing and bootlegging. You know, music. So I'm doing this every Sunday. And, 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 and I get to the point where I'm going to buy enough. Because I seen where the other hustlers was failing at. They would always run out. Right. I'm going to buy enough where I don't ever run out. Mm. That's where my hustle potential started at. That's where your hustle potential started, started at. You feel Man, me? Man, but so 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 now you you, I mean, are you hustling? Are you hustling out of need? Because you know, because so you ain't. I'm glad you asked that question. You ain't coming from the projects. You you got a dad, a stepdad, a mother. So you hustling because of the trajectory of what you of what you. Beautiful point. Go ahead. Beautiful point. Okay. And this is what I tell young boys now, bro. Right, right. You have two type of hustlers. Okay. You have a hustler who hustle out of necessity, mm -hmm. and you have a hustler who hustle because he just desired to hustle. Right, right. So some, you know, some, some, some people choose the game. Some people are forced into the game. Wow. I think the only the people that survive the most in the game are those who hustle out of necessity. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, if you put me in a jungle, right. I'm going to survive. I'm going to eat. Right. These are the hustles, I think, that, that, that hustle and they survive. Those of us who chose the game just because we, we had a greed for money. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, my moms, they blessed me when I was young. Right, right. But when I got to be 18 to 19 years old, you're like, okay, you're going to get a job. You're going to take care of yourself. Right, right. And because I, you know, I liked the, you know, nice things or whatever, the nine to five, to me, just wasn't cutting. So I did otherwise. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, or the trajectory of what the nine to five was bringing. Right. So, I didn't have to hustle, but I hustled because I chose to. Right. What's in the coffee? What's in the cupcakes? I don't know, but it's good, good, good. Coffee and Cupcakes is located on the south side of Atlanta at 893 Georgia Highway 138 in Stockbridge, Georgia. Jumpstart your morning with a hot cup of coffee featuring premier brands from around the world with unique tastes you can't find anywhere else. Coffee and Cupcakes also offers handmade from scratch, key lime, red velvet, coconut treats, and many other flavors of sweet treat cakes in a cup. It's always a vibe over at Miss Dina's spot, the number one place for entrepreneurs, business owners, and colleagues to network and share innovative ideas in the morning, getting your day started while enjoying free Wi-Fi. Call us today at 678-519-6874 or follow us on social media at Coffee and Cupcakes. What's in the coffee? What's in the cupcakes? MB Event Lounge is an elegant and upscale event center and lounge in Madonna, Georgia, dedicated to giving you the VIP treatment while you're using our venue space. Our establishment features a banquet hall and a full bar with everything you need to make your next event a complete success. We would love to meet with you and discuss preparations for your next event. So for more information about our services, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us at MB Event Lounge today. So you so you started out hustling, bootlegging alcohol, right? DJing, 
Right. It, was drugs involved at this point? Well, like, well, like at what point did at what point did because what what what? All right. So the Wayne County stereotype we think of Master T as young boys my age. We looking at the Jack Land Posse. We looking at that Master T. Right, that's right. that's who we know. Right. You know what I'm saying? We looking at the guy right like you say riding the Cadillac, clean, fresh. You know, uh, you know, doing this thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when did that come to a part with? Okay, man. Is Jack Land, uh, uh, the dope guy. So, <laughs> so, so, as I was DJing and bootlegging, okay, um, smoking weed, and so I was smoking up. I was I was smoking up a lot of my money. Okay, you know, uh, uh, uh my hustle money in weed. Mm. So there was a, there was a cat that man he about, maybe about like a year or so older than me, man. He he was known as Justice Cash. Okay, you know. And cash turned me on to a spot where I could take $100 about a quarter pound of weed. Oh, man. So between the DJing on Fridays and Saturday, yeah. the bootlegging on Sunday, I'm three, $400 strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And boy, in the 70s, 80s, if you, you're 19, 20 years old and you got $300 cash money in your pocket, you know you had a dollar or two. Come on now. So I take $150 and go get six ounces of weed. Mm. And I flip it. So now I'm sitting on eight, nine hundred dollars. And so I guess you know what my grandma tell you, I'm not gonna it, run out. Right. And right. I'm keep done, I'm keep supplying myself. And so that's where that that's where that came in at. That's where that came that's in at. So in. that's what we see. Now, when it comes down to it, you in the game. What what was you part of Jack Land? Like no. was you No. Okay. Independent. 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 Independent role. Because yeah. Jack Land was one of the one of the Premier. No, no, no. They they came behind us. Okay. Jack Land was a, a young boy crew who came. Jack boy, the Jack, the Jack, the Jack Land posse didn't come out until after the you know during the crack era. Okay. Okay. You know we were selling powder and and and, and weed before crack ever even hit Wayne County. Oh wow. Yeah. Talking about in Wayne County. Yeah, in Wayne County. All right. So, before okay. it, before it ever came about. Okay. Um. You had dudes like myself. Okay. And the brothers, he's no longer here, so I, I'm not implicating him. Right, right, um, right. Hambone. Okay. Like old Captain M. Hambone. Okay. Um, and a few others. You know, we, we were selling powder and weed or whatever, whatever. So, But this thing, the crack era didn't come to Jessup, bro, until probably like <sighs> mid-'80s. Okay. Mid-'80s. I can see that. Right. I can see that. Um, the first time I seen cocaine. Okay. Um, my supplier... Who was in you know in in Glen County? Right. Um, unbeknownst to me at the time, you know he had, he had a connection from some Cubans in Miami. Wow. So I went to get at the time I'm buying three or four pounds at the time now. Right. You right. Know, pounds of weed. Right. Three or four pounds of weed. Y'all seen the cattle? Like the first thing that I bought that was flashy was, a, bro. I think <laughs> I was 22 years old and I had a brand new '98 Regency. Okay. My grandfather co-signed for me to get it. Right. Right. And he told me that was the biggest mistake he ever made because I had a job as a cap, uh -huh. right? Because he told me, he said, listen, you can't ride around in this new car and you ain't got no job. Yeah. You're driving a car that the average white man in this town would love to have. So you got it and you're parked up on the corner every day. You're not, you ain't got no job. You got all this slum jewelry around your neck. Your whole demeanor says dope boy. Right, right, right. right so um, I didn't listen to my grandfather. Right, right. I, wa I, I walked off my job, stayed on the corner, uh. and in less than eight months, 
they kicked my door in, caught me with uh, about three ounces of powder, okay, and probably about five pounds of weed, about fifteen hundred tabs of acid, and uh, sent me up the road. I did eighteen months. Okay, so you went to jail. All right, so you did go I to jail. A, I caught a five-year prison sentence. Five years to eighteen months. Okay, came home, and right before I went up the road, I was out on bond. Right. A guy from D.C. came down. Okay. He was the first person that asked us about cook cocaine. So it was all, it was, it was, it was, uh, what they call it, it was freebase before it became crack. Right, right, it was. So, but when I went to prison and came back, mm. I thought I was in zombie land. As far as the people around you? Yes. Because that whole dynamic changed. Everybody who was snorting or freebasing at that time, when I left, right. now they're smoking what is known in the country as rocks. In New York, it was known as crack. Okay. And uh, it was a whole new element. And let me back up for a minute, because when, when it, and just from my knowledge, just from what I've seen perception, okay. when it comes down to the free basin and, the, you know, the snoring, Cass was going to work. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, it wasn't like... Because you said something zombie land. Right. So, like, when it was like powder and, you know, uh, free base, free base it, it was like a cat could be working at the meal or <coughs> something. I'm just using the meal as for an example. Exactly. And go to work, show up every day as if he wasn't nothing. Exactly. When you come out of jail doing an 18 month bid, we got crack cocaine In on the scene. 18 months, man, people done lost their house, their job, their wife, and everything else. Come on, man. And that's what I said. I was like, what happened to him? He's smoking cocaine. I said, no, man. You know, I know people who smoked cocaine before I went to prison. It didn't do that to them. Right, right. It's got to be something else. That can't be. They said, it's cocaine. Right, right. So when I came home after doing the 18 month bid, I swore that I would never touch dope again in my life. Okay. I got a job. Um, crazy thing is, man, I helped build the, the mall in Brunswick. <laughs> I, left, I left that construction site, went to the federal, where they built the federal prison and just helped build that federal prison. Wow. While I was out there, one of my suppliers, associates, right. saw me okay. and told me, listen, we heard you was home. Why didn't you come see the family? Okay. So when I go visit the family, okay. who was my suppliers, mm. they was like, yo, when you came home, you supposed to come and see us. Right. Because when you got caught, you kept it real. They tried to make you... Tell us where you where you. This is what they told me when the DA when you know this is what they, uh, they told me when they locked me up. Okay. With the with the with the with the with all the drugs that I had when they locked me up. They said, okay. listen, you're you're 21 years old. I think I was 19, 20, 21 years old. Right. You got over five thousand dollars worth of with the with the drugs here. We know that you can't buy it. Somebody's supplying you. If you tell us where you're getting it from, we'll make sure you won't see not one day. Mm. I said, can I go back to my cell now? Okay. So I did my bid and I came home. Okay. But I never did go back and see the suppliers. So when they found out I was home, they said, man, come see us. So when I went to see them, they're like, listen, why didn't you come home? You know, why didn't you come see us when you came home? Right. I was like, for what? Yeah. Dude was like, basically, man, listen, you kept it a buck. You know, you could have spilled the beans, but you didn't. Right, right, right. Take this. Uh. That's cash, man. Take cash, this. Cash money. Take these two ounces, get you a couple of pounds of that weed. You don't owe us nothing. Back in the game. Back in the game. Man, Game Changers Media Network, Game Changers Magazine, What's Other Village. We got to pay some bills. Go straight to this commercial break. 
Big shout out to my boy Doug for letting us use his spot. You guys stay tuned, man. Ease up.